Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Then Gen Gamers podcast. Our uh, final boss of Then Gen Gamers was unable to attend because he's away doing assorted other things. You can think to yourself what they are. But we do have a very special guest today. It's uh, our good friend Jeff. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Jeff's new to the podcast world. <laughs> Actually, are you? Yes. This is the this first is, time. This is, this is the, uh, the popping of your podcast show. Podcast, um, Jeff has actually been around in the gaming world for a while. He, he started with the Atari 2600. Yeah. That's correct. Old school. He's, uh, he's been around in the world. He's traveled the, uh, the continental United States and Europe in, in various bands. Mu- musically inclined individual Jeff is. Uh, you were in what? You were in Grief? Yes. And you were in Disrupt? Correct. And Mourn? Yep. For the people listening to this that care, which actually could be many, could be not so many. We don't, we actually don't know. And Corky. Oh, yeah, he was in Corky. <laughs> we, try to, we try to cast the shadow. We're an industrial band. Yeah, we try to cast the shadow on Corky. <laughs> <laughs> we're an industrial band? That's what we told him at effort. <laughs> they say we were called cork <laughs> is that how you got in there yeah that's that that that's how that that worked out for you <laughs> they regretted it didn't they yeah after about 15 minutes but here we are now on the Dungeon gamers podcast and uh we're gonna talk about some old school video games as we do on this podcast so Jeff, uh, you started out with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. That was back in the seventies. Yeah, probably late seventies or something. I mean, I don't know exactly when we got that. Seventy-eight. I don't know. I was young. You were young. Yeah, yeah. Once I we, was. We, we little, we little <laughs> Jeff. Little baby Jeffrey. So what was what was what were some of the games you played on that? Uh, well, I mean, it came with combat, so that was one. I actually used to like that game. The one where you can control the uh, the missiles. You can guide them around. You can guide them around. Combat, asteroids, space invaders. I mean, a lot of the, you know the old classic arcade games that they had. Oh, yeah, they just ported them back to the Atari 2600. Pitfall was good. God, I can't remember. I had so many of them, but it's hard to remember. Joust. Joust. Wait a second, man. Joust was that game where you were like jousting on the ostriches. Exactly. I remember the <laughs> I, I remember the arcade cabinet of that. that. Defender. Defender was a big one on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. It's funny, man. If you have a Bandcamp account like Bandcamp.com, and you can view all like your usage, you can view all your uh, your downloads and all your demographics. Uh, one of the options at the end of that is to play. Defender on your demographics, like the weird grid they give you, they allow you to play Defender on it. My grid's very low, so Defender is very easy yeah. for me to play. Because <laughs> you could go, I forget, it was like, it was, it was like all left, left to right. Left to right. right. Yeah, it was the yeah. game. The whole game was left to right. You pick up those, I don't know, those. Well, on the old game, it was like little squares. You go down, and pick them up in the cities. Yeah, no, it was, it was one of those games. It was it was like the first run of those side-scrolling shooters, like the R-types that came later. 
uh, I can't think of it. Like Section Z was one of those games. That was a Genesis game. Yeah. That that had that kind of a, a vibe to it. The they call them real shooters is the word for them. That was what Defender. Defender was the precursor of all those real shooters. And if you have a band camp, if you if you're an aspiring musician out there and you have a band, one of those free band camp accounts. On your crappy demographics, you can play Defender right over them. Like, because we ever had like little mountains that came yeah, up, yeah, you can yeah. crash into. So it gives you like your wavelength of like how many people have downloaded your songs, oh, okay. and, which are not many in my case. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it gives you that. So Defender is very easy for me to play when I set that up on Bandcamp. But you, anybody out there should check out like you know Bandcamp.com. It's a great time jasonnegro.bandcamp.com you should probably check that out it's not that good but it, it will waste about a half an hour of your time me and Jeff have been drinking for a while a little bit a little bit a little bit <laughs> and kicking some back so yeah so you had an Atari 2600 as a kid yeah as a uh, as a child you were you were actually mentioning before we started doing the podcast we were talking about Pitfall yeah Pitfall your game? That was I, I used to love that game. You jump on the crocodiles' heads and all that. <laughs> what was it? it? Was like eight levels, right? I forget. Yeah, God, that was so long ago. I mean, that's over thirty. That's like thirty-five years ago. Are you dating yourself, Jeff? <laughs> I remember uh, our web designer on thenjengamers.com, Snosberry. He had brought up his his Atari twenty-six hundred story, which was actually that he had like it was him and his mom. And and she he had some sort of stepdad or some dude who was, you know, involved with his mother for a polite use of the word. That he had a twenty six hundred hidden under a bed. It was like meant for Christmas. It was like the Santa Claus gift. We also, by the way, after saying that, we do not attest to the either reality or unreality of Santa Claus on this podcast. Just For all saying its kids that. Listening. Yeah, just in case your kids are listening, oh, we do oh, not oh. know if Santa Claus exists or doesn't exist. But he found an Atari Twenty Six Hundred hidden under his mom's bed, and she tried to lie to him and tell him that it was for whatever man in her life had, had was at the time. It was actually a really good story. So if you go through the backlog of these podcasts, you can hear that story. I'm not going to reiterate it now, but the Twenty Six Hundred is where Jeff here started. Apparently a big fan of Pitfall, and that was like, that was one of the cartridges I had like right away. Yeah, I mean, God, there was tons of them. I can't remember half of them. Well, you said Combat, which is one I don't remember. Yeah, by that the way. came with the, the system. That was the one. That the was like the pack-in. It was mostly games with tanks and planes like fighting each other. That's Combat. Yeah. One of my biggest, uh, well, one of my favorite. It's not really an Atari. It was an Atari port, but it's one of my favorite arcade cabinets was Crossbow. Do you remember Crossbow? I remember the name. I can't remember what the game was. Well, I mean, they brought it to the Atari 2600, but the actual game in the arcades was you had a crossbow. And you the whole point, it was like a shooter game, like kind of like, um, like Time Crisis or any okay, of those yeah. shooter games. Back in the day, Lethal Enforcers, if you remember that one. But it was one of those games where you had a bunch of like characters that you had to guide through a um, a treacherous world, so to speak. And they could be killed by things. Like they'd be walking by a volcano and the volcano would be spewing fire and rocks. If they got hit by it, they died. But you had this crossbow and you could 
shoot those things down before it hit them. And the whole point of the game was getting your guys, whatever, it was a wizard, a dwarf, an elf. Like I, all remember the that game. I remember that. You remember that game? I remember like the dwarf, he had an axe. Yes, he I had remember an axe. the same game. Yeah. yeah. So, but in the <laughs> arcades, you actually had a crossbow and you had to like fire it at the screen and uh, take down the, uh, take down any obstacles in their way. And I, like the volcano stage was a big stage that I remember. And I, like, I remember going to Salem Willows in Massachusetts. Salem, Massachusetts. You remember Salem Willows? Oh, yeah. We used to go play Rampage down there all the time. Rampage. <laughs> three three guys on the Rampage machine. Which one were you? Were you Izzy or what was it? Lizzie was the lizard. The, the lizard, the gorilla, Ralph was, and what was the other Ralph one? was the werewolf, but I don't remember That's the gorilla's right. name. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, me and Tony and uh, this kid Pete we used to hang out with. We would go down there and dump quarters and quarters and, and play Rampage like all night. They still have a Rampage machine down there. Like that's still down there. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it's the same one. It <laughs> From is like nineteen, like eighty-seven. <laughs> you should get you should get the gang back together. Get Tony, our, our friend Tony is in a band called Profit Margin. You should check him out on Facebook if you can. They're really yeah. good. Punk rock, Tony Yantel. Yeah, man, crusty Yantel, crusty, crusty <laughs> <laughs> punk at its best with a drummer that sings. Good stuff. Just check it out. But he, he apparently used to pay, play Rampage with this bastard. Uh, <laughs> who was the other guy that was playing with you? Uh, this guy, Pete. Pete was, he was in the first band with me and Tony. Uh, un, what was that? Unleashed Anger. Uh, he, was in, he was in Unleashed Anger? They're such angry little youths back in the day. When they used to play Black Flag covers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing Six Pack and whatnot. Um, and you guys used to go down there and play Rampage at the Salem Willows. All the time. And if, if you're familiar with this podcast, we've talked about Salem Willows many, many times because that was a big part of mine in the final boss of Vengeant Gamers Youth. Uh, and who did you pick all the time at Rampage? I don't remember if we had, like, designated, like, you know, guys for each. I, you know, just, two, two, this is, you're talking 30 years ago now, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, like, digging back. <laughs> But, I mean, like, you had the werewolf. That was Ralph. And you had Lizzie, which was a lizard. That was a woman. And there was, the, there was like, the King Kong. Like, the gorilla. Yeah. I forget what his name was. Was it Paul? Yeah. I don't remember. I'd like to think I was the werewolf guy. Because I like dogs, so. Yeah, and so know. I would, like, fit for you. <laughs> Lift my Is... leg on a few buildings. Try to knock them down. <laughs> See, Jeff here, Jeff here has an affinity for corgis. <laughs> he really likes the corgi as an animal. And they are a nice breed of dog. Can you tell us the benefit of the corgi, Jeff? Well, or you can just talk about Ernie for like. I had a corgi for fifteen years, and uh, I don't know. I'm biased towards corgis. It's the only dog I ever had, and uh, he was just super smart and like just had this great personality. Just always, he was like such a goofball. Just I don't know. Just wanted to play, roll around in the grass, and you know. He was, a, he was a little party animal. He was a good dog, dog was a party animal. He was, he was like the Jeff Spicoli of dogs. You know? He was the Jeff Spicoli of dogs? Yeah, he liked the green stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He'd always come in the room when he smelt it. <laughs> did he ever, ever, ever bring a full pizza to class? <laughs> no. He, no, he never called me Mr. Hand either. <laughs> All right. Uh, R.I.P. Ernie. <laughs> From the stories I've heard about Ernie, I've known Jeff for a little bit now. From the stories I've heard about Ernie, Ernie was a good dog. He was. That's good. R.I.P. Ernie. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you figured you would have picked Ralph in that game. 
I would like to think so. That game, I remember like the the any like you like the Nintendo Entertainment support of that game, and like there was there was no Ralph, there like, was no Royal Ralph because you could only play two players. So you only got the gorilla and you got the you got Izzy. Or they should let you pick. What? They should have let you just pick. They should have let you the pick three, one. You know? they, they didn't. They didn't really ported it. Apparently, Ralph was unpopular. Um, I remember really liking that game. I mean, it, it's a points game. It, it's like Pac-Man. All it is is destroy as much as you can. You could hit the other characters too, right? Yeah, you could, could you like yeah, you could mess you them could, up a little bit? You could you could violate them. <laughs> And that was a good part of that game, actually. Any game where you can attack your ally is a great game. <laughs> um, I remember, like, I remember playing the arcade version. Um, like, I remember, I vaguely remember that, but I remember the NES version like very clearly. Like, because if you had like, you'd break apart the buildings, and then like there'd be that little skull and crossbones. If you jumped, if you if you touched it, you just like all of a sudden you get sick, get hurt. Oh, okay, yeah. But, like, you know, you could break open something to be, like, a shower. <laughs> they yeah. just Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> Going back to Rampage. You could you could eat people off the ground. That's right. I remember that. You could eat the people. You should be able to eat more people. <laughs> Jeff Hayward, advocating for cannibalism <laughs> right on the Gen Gamers podcast. No, it was a great game. I mean, I, um, I, I loved that game as a kid. And I loved Salem Willows as a kid, actually. Like, it was a big deal. Like, if I got to go there, like, my parents brought... I mean, that meant either it was my birthday or I did something really good. Yeah, we used to go there a lot as kids. And go me, on that little boat ride. We never did the ride thing. Like, it was, it was, cool. it was just... It was, the, it was either, like, the skee-ball area, like, the first... The first stable or first, uh... I guess first stable is the only thing I can call it. Or the arcade was our big thing as a kid. Uh, me and the final boss of Dungeon Gamers, my brother, he he would love it. Like that was his thing. Like was to go into that arcade. And it's weird because they had like the main arcade, but then if, yeah, right around where they had like the carousel and they had the uh, the boats, there was like another little mini arcade nobody cared about, where they had joust. Uh, <laughs> picking up the eggs. Yeah, the eggs. What a freaking game that was like let's have a game where you're gonna be riding ostriches and you have to like just jump on top of with the, giant uh, like javelins they had they had lances they had lances, lances. they were jousting <laughs> i mean that was i mean my favorite like i came around a little bit later than jeff did so for like me my favorite games were like the street fighter 2 games right. and like mortal Kombat. like that that's my era of gaming though i still like crossbow which was definitely well like vested in your area just because it looked cool. There was one game we used to play. You could play three-way with that Golden Axe. Do you remember that Four game? Four-way. Four-way. Right. Golden Axe. We used to play that one a lot. No, that no, no wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Gauntlet. Golden Axe was the three-way yeah. game because you could either be the dwarf, fucking Thunderhead, yeah. or you could be the dude with the sword or the chick. That was an awesome game. Actually, this is a, I mean, this is a story I'm reiterating on the podcast many times, but that was the only arcade game me and my brother have ever beaten was Golden Axe. Yeah. We just pumped like 10 bucks worth of quarters into it and we ended that game. What about Dragon's Lair? The cartoon game? Oh, the... the, the, the I can never figure it out. That's like um, full motion video game. Yeah, that, that was like the first you, game. Yeah, you had to like direct... You had to direct... Um, 
you had to direct the next movement of that game and you had to know what to do and it did not explain it and all it was was a joystick and a button I remember you just like you'd be banging the joystick like when he's going down yeah because like you see like a light it, flash yeah, was, on like that side of the screen that was messed up I yeah because the I game was oh, it was really only like a, you ever remember those choose your own adventure books as a kid no you don't remember choose your own adventure like where it would be like you'd read a bunch and then it'd be like well go to page 21 if you decide to do this or okay. go to page like 27 kind of stuff like kind of D and D ish but that was what those games really were it was like if you click the joystick to the left you're gonna have this next pop-up screen happen if you click this joystick to the right you're gonna die it goes up in flames i think of something. there was a lot of like, <laughs> like of what was his name i want to say dirk diggler but i know it's Right name. Yeah, that was from the movie. Yeah, that was that Boogie was Boogie Nights. Yeah, well, that, was, that was that was uh, what, wow, what's his name? John Holmes, the porn star. But um, no, his name was Dirk Daring. The Going down was, a different road here now. Yeah, let, 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 the name was Dirk Daring. Was the was the dragon's name? Debbie guy. does Salem Willows. Debbie does Salem Willows. <laughs> Debbie has a lot of lawsuits against her for uh, child endangerment. Is what Debbie has Salem Willows would be. But, uh, no, Dirk Daring was the character's name. And, because he had a, he had a Saturday morning cartoon for a while. I remember that. There was the Nintendo version, the NES version of that game, which was totally, it was actually like a game. Uh, but the full motion video arcade game, which I spend a lot of money on too. Which, the only time I ever really encountered it was when there was an arcade at the North Shore Mall. Do you remember that? Fun time. Yep. It was, like, off to the side of, like, East Coast sports. I remember. Yeah. I got arrested there once. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. We'll tell that story in a moment. Yeah, that's for another day. No, no, I think that story's for the podcast. <laughs> what did you do, Jeffrey? It was after we left fun time. It was post-fun time, but... Uh, you, were, you were under the age of 18, weren't you? Yeah, that was 87. <laughs> so, yeah, 17, 16, probably. I don't know, 16, 17. So what did you do? Why did you almost get arrested? Uh, purchasing illegal substances, a uh, couple ounces of them, large quantities. <laughs> large quantities. Uh, large, like how much? Like were you redealing? No, it's a couple ounces. It's oh. between like six people. Oh, was this of the uh, the illicit green? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, is this yeah. when the cop put the green? Yeah, I was a vegetarian back then. I only consumed green stuff. This is when the cop put the gun back to the back of your that head. That is right. Correct. Yeah. Hot water. Damn this. All right, well, that's the, there you go. There's that. What what games were you playing before that happened? <laughs> I don't know. Galaga, Phoenix, <laughs> Tempest, Tempest. Tempest was Tempest was a good game. I used to love that game. I remember like discovering that. Like I didn't know that arcade existed. For you would just time. spin that thing and whack a button because it would just go round and round. Yeah, and round. Just, like, there was really no skill to it. it. Was just like, how fast could you? Spin? Go left or right and whack that friggin' button. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tempest is a weird game, man. Like, uh, I've only played like if you go to Bit Bar in Salem, Massachusetts, once again, rep in Salem. Considering we broadcast or, or podcast from Lynn, Massachusetts, Salem is like the place to be for this kind of stuff. So the Bit Bar, which is in the old jail in Salem, Massachusetts, has a Tempest machine. Really? You should have come out the other night, man. Should have come out. Yeah, I wish I didn't get drunk so early <laughs> <laughs> but um 
Yeah, no. Um, they have a Tempest machine. Tempest is a weird game. Tempest is like one of those first, like, it's almost like a Galaga-type rail shooter. I don't actually know which one predates it or which one doesn't. Uh, one thing I will tell you, if you go to the Bit Bar in Salem, uh, their Galaga machine, it's free. Just hit one player, and it works. <laughs> and then what's the other one? Galaxian. I used to love that game. Galaxian? It's very Space Invaders-like with a couple it, That's Galaga too. No, there was Galaxian. There was yeah, one no, called Galaxian. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's like the game Galga that I'm talking about. That was that's the, the second version okay. of that game. And yeah, it's very like bottom scrolling. Like, yeah, the space. They, yeah. And then they would come down like. Yeah, they would come down. You right. had to shoot them all. And then they would like set up. Right. Because right. space, they actually have an old space invaders um, or space invaders. Dun, dun, um, dun, 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 yeah, dun, exactly. Dun. It gets faster, faster. You get, you get more anxiety. Well, they have like an old Space Invaders cabinet at Bitbar in Salem. And what I never realized about those cabinets is that that screen's black and white, and they have like the tint. So that's what makes it seem like it's in color. Yeah. Like you're at the green, and every. Like, that's actually a great cabinet. It's actually fun to play. I play it every time I go there. I've been there a few times now. And, and the thing about BitBar as opposed to Salem Willows is the fact that at BitBar, as the last word implies, it's a bar. You can drink beer. So you can drink. Now, I'm not saying you can't drink at Salem Willows. I'm saying it's frowned upon. They don't want you to drink there. Yes. Public drinking, you'll get arrested. Yeah, you'll get arrested for that. That That's illegal. Much like what Jeff was trying to do when he got arrested in front of fun time at the North Shore Mall. I've never been arrested for public drinking. No. <laughs> Protective custody once, but you know, those back in the things are different now. They PC'd you. Oh yeah, camping. <laughs> what they put you in? The, what they put you in the stocks? Put me in the drunk tank. I was like seventeen. When did this happen? Were you, were you in New Hampshire? Yeah. How could how could that even happen? Like your buddies weren't there to be like, ah, hey, whatever. Oh, they grabbed everybody. Oh, everybody got PC'd. Oh, yeah, and, we well, were you were running well, around the campsite. Well, you were on like Tripoli Road? Uh, no, but I've been camping at Tripoli Road many times. We're at this place, uh, Gichigumi. <laughs> they had this sign <laughs> when you drove in. It was like, have some fun. Don't be gloomy. Pitch a tent to Gichigumi. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's go here. <laughs> we were getting like wrecked all day, lighting up some fireworks. And, and uh, the little camp guy kept coming around in his little golf cart. Keep it down, keep it down, turn the music down, no fires after 10. Oh, you guys yeah, crazy. yeah, like midnight, one of the dudes threw like one of those like machine gun strips of firecrackers, it was like, you know, 300 firecrackers on the thing, yeah, ended a fire. <laughs> Next thing you know, state cops everywhere. We're running through the, <laughs> the whole freaking campsite. Oh, it was hilarious. It was like the end of like Benny Hill where it was like, cops <laughs> <laughs> chasing everybody. <laughs> Oh, that's that's how that ended. Those were the days. You're just coming out of the woods like a <laughs> bunch of naked women being chased by bobbies. Yeah, there were no naked women there. Uh, Jeff was in grief and disrupt, but not quite as cool as Motley Crue, right? Well, I mean, who is? <laughs> who is? Oh man, so. 
so after the Atari 2600, we're just going to just segue into something nonsensical right now. After the 2600, you got a, Gen- a Sega Genesis was your next system. Yes. This dude never had a Nintendo Entertainment System. Feel bad for him. Feel bad for him, folks. So you got a Sega Genesis, and that was like, how old were you? Uh, 2021, 20, probably early 90s. Oh, wow. 91-ish. <laughs> we used to play... Uh, when we got the Genesis, it was like NHL. That's like we played that. Oh, you played like NHL. Non friggin' stop. Like, that's all we played. NHL, like 91, 92, 93. Well, you're a big hockey fan. Yeah. As, as shouldn't surprise. Wow. Really getting slurry on the on the podcast. Yeah, no. Like, which shouldn't surprise anybody. This dude's longtime North Shore, Massachusetts kind of guy. Peabody guy, you're yeah. P- you you identify with Peabody? That's your place. South Peabody. All right, so should be no shock that this dude is a huge hockey fan, Bruins fan, right? Yeah. What's the second best? If you, if you have to drop the Bruins, who's your next? Nah, yes, I, I go. You know, the Patriots with football. Patriots football. I was talking about hockey teams, actually. Oh, oh, the Kings, L.A. Kings. You go, yeah. He goes with the L.A. Kings after the uh, after the Bruins. Patriots fan apparently actually didn't know yeah, that until I like right the now. Like the Pats, you football guy? Not like hardcore, but I, I watch. You know, I usually watch the games every weekend when they play if I'm able to. You big, uh, you a baseball guy? Not so much. Don't get into I follow like all the local teams, but you know, I live and die hockey. Yeah, hockey's know. like the that's thing. like the hardcore thing. I watch the Pats like usually every week, but you know, Red Sox and Celtics. I don't. I wish them well, but I don't, you know, get all heartbroken if they get, you know, eliminated from the playoffs. It's pretty, like, it's pretty whatever. much just like Pats and Pats and Bruins for you. But I pay attention. You know, I listen to a lot of sports radio. I follow it all, but I don't live and die by those other teams. But the Bruins, I do. A lot of heartache in my life being a Bruins fan. Yeah, man, you got twenty twelve. You got twenty eleven though. Which twenty twelve? Yeah, I missed it. It was great. It sucked. How'd you miss it? <laughs> we were. Left for a European tour the day after game three of the finals. Like, I watch every game every year, every playoff run. And uh, that whole playoff run in 2011, I'm watching, watching. They got to the finals. They lost the first two games. They won game three in a blowout, like eight to one, I think. And we flew out the next morning after game three, and I missed the whole friggin' thing. There was no coverage in Europe? I mean, I would, could find out about, like, who won, but I couldn't watch the games. Like, I. That's still a real sore spot with me that, because I'm not convinced they're ever gonna win another one, and I missed it. That was that was back in the what the morn days. Yeah, 2011. So you guys were in where in Europe were you when this happened? Uh, they we were in England the yeah. night of Game Seven. When I woke up in England in the morning. One of the guys got a text message or whatever from his girlfriend back home saying oh, the Bruins won the cup. So I found out that morning. We went to Paris the next day. I went to some like internet cafe and paid like five bucks and got online and like you know, went on the Bruins website and watched like you know. Watched as much of the game. As yeah, you. it was sad. I cried. I'm not afraid to admit it. I was. <laughs> it was the happiest and saddest day of my life. I was like, I can't believe it. I'm you watching missed, this team you missed it for. 30 plus years losing and losing and losing and they 
finally want to come. So I guess next year when the playoffs start, I should just leave the country and they'll, maybe they'll win another maybe one. Maybe they'll win another <laughs> one. So, so if you want to know if the Bruins are going to win another Stanley Cup, just wait for Jeff Hayward to leave the country. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah, oh man, that, that really sucks. <laughs> it did suck. I'm still pissed about that. I mean, well, there wasn't, like, that much coverage. Like, I guess the Europeans don't care about hockey. It's just with the Especially time difference, the... you couldn't watch the games live. I mean, half the time you're in the friggin' van. And, just and you, you were, and... like, in the bad part of Europe for that, too. Like, the Western Europe. Like, because the Eastern European countries, like Poland, Bulgaria, one of the stands, uh, <laughs> um, Georgia. Like, they actually care about that. Like, yeah. the I Russians love it. I met a few people over there during that. I mean, that first week of the tour was like the finals and during, you know, that Stanley Cup. And I met a few guys. Like, we played, I forget where we were. The sound guy was an American living over there. And I had a Bruins shirt on. He's like, oh, how do you think they're going to do tonight? And he's, I started talking to him about it. He knew everything about, like, the Bruins. It was actually pretty cool. Like, I talked to him for, like, hours, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Blame Milos for it. <laughs> nah. I mean, that tour was booked like six months in advance. It's not like you booked a tour thinking, oh, I can't go on tour in April because the Bruins might win the Stanley Cup. You know, it's well, like, I mean, you've been conditioned as a Boston sports fan for so long to believe they're going to fail. <laughs> exactly. They're going to blow it. I mean, like, think about it. Like, I mean, Boston, I mean, we're from, we're from, we brought, we podcast out of Lynn, Massachusetts. So we're like right north of Boston. We consider ourselves like, Bostonian and identification or whatever the hell we want to call this. So we look at our, our sports teams, whether they're the Boston Celtics, the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Bruins, or for some reason the New England Patriots because they took over the whole right. region. Um, and also also the uh, the Revolution. Let's, never, let's not forget about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares about soccer. No one does. It, 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 remember, the MLS is just the uh, Europe's AAA. Like that's what it is, but to us it's something. New England, they're also the New England Revolution. We can we can add, we can thank Bob Kraft for that because that's that's why. Yeah. Um. You know we 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 have been conditioned for so long to believe they will fail. We've had a few exceptions. Yeah. Well, that was a Reds. Oh, jeez. This has to be Rick. Oh, dude, are you getting a? Is it? Is it? Oh, it's Jay Styles. I can't answer that now. Oh, it... That's another old Lynn boy. Really? Is he? Throw him on. That was Jay. For... No, no. <laughs> you don't want him. He can't keep his... He won't keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he can swear as much as he that wants. That was Jay from... Uh, we lived on Bluefield. I'm disrupted. All right. Yeah. Oh, Jay, stop. All right. Sorry for the interruption. Ace and DC. Yeah, he has the ACDC ring for his old buddies. But back to, back to my soliloquy about Boston sports. We've been conditioned for like, well, people of my age and Jeff's age anyway, have been conditioned to like, believe they will fail. Yeah. That was a Red Sox thing. Cause the Red Sox always choked 86 years. However, I have now witnessed not one, not two, but three Red Sox world series in my lifetime, which makes me a very spoiled individual. If you like the Red Sox, yeah, all the teams have won the last, you know, 12 years. No, within the decade. So you got, 2002, you got the Pats. You got 2004, you had the Red Sox. 2008, you had the Celtics. I mean, the Pats won in 2001. 2003. 2001, 2002. 2004. And then the... <laughs> cuckoo. 
Is that, is that just Jay leaving you? <laughs> That's leaving the voicemail. I mean, the Sox won three. Pats have won four. Celtics and Bruins each got one apiece. And the Celtics and Bruins each got to another one, and they lost. But, yeah, they did. Yeah. All four teams have won it, you know. Yeah, the Bruins made it. There's know. been nine titles in like a decade. Yeah, which is pretty amazing for one that's, city. That's pretty damn good. And and then you have the Revolution, which I brought up, that have made it to at least three. And they lost everything. And they've lost every single one. They're the new Red Sox. They're the new Red Sox. Yeah, everybody's waiting for it. Like everybody needs them to bring the like Revolutions to bring home a bring home a title, whatever they call that. The MLS, the MLS. Wow, what a joke. <laughs> Told you, man. It's Europe's AAA. That's that's the Premier League's AAA. That's the Bundesliga AAA. That's where they get them. It's like PMS, kind of. Yeah, like PMS, just and like they, aggravation. They just kick your balls around. <laughs> yeah, man. You should have brought. Why didn't you bring Jay on? Fear. Uh, trust me, I know Jay a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, fear. Fear. <laughs> what he may say. Uh, so. So yeah, so you missed you missed the Bruins uh, winning, and you also missed one of the things you missed was on the NES. You missed ice hockey. You missed that game. You remember that game? This wasn't you. I mean, you played like all the NHL, like the EA NHL games on yeah. on Genesis, but you never played ice hockey on the NES. I don't think so. I mean, maybe like you're talking what Nintendo? Nintendo. We used to. Well, do you remember a game where you could play, like, you could pick your team? You know, one one off, uh, it was only, you had three forwards. Like, there was no defenseman. Yeah. So, it was like so you had three forwards on each team and a goalie. And the three forwards, you could pick, like, uh, a juxtaposition of a bunch of guys. You could either have a really fat guy, a medium-sized guy, or a skinny guy. The skinny guy was quick. The fat guy was tough. The medium guy was the best of both worlds. And it was international hockey. So either you could play as, like, the States, or you could oh, play okay, as, like, yeah. France. Nobody ever played as anything but, like, the U.S. and the USSR, because that's, like, yeah, that's that what you do. in the time. And, um, you don't remember that game? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you played, like, the later NHL games, which I remember very well, like, with the... With the down, like, it was the full screen, like, you know, up and down hockey arena. Yeah. I used to play, uh, ColecoVision football was big. Oh, that's, that's ColecoVision. Before my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was after Atari, but before Sega. Oh, yeah, you got the Genesis. And, and then you, you ever played any of the Mutant League games for the Sega Genesis? Those, like, those were some of the best games ever. I don't think so. What is that like superheroes? Like no, like mutant league football. Oh no! Like no. It, was, it was it was something that EA Sports like decided to like diverge, and so they made this other game. And it, there was two of them. There was mutant league football and mutant league hockey. Mutant league football was amazing. It was it was violent Madden. It was like monsters. Yeah, they were monsters. You could like all like they had all these teams and they had different kinds of monsters. There was like aliens and they could like they kinda look like the aliens from Alien, like they could spin and like go fast. Uh, yeah. You had superhumans, they were like the medium players, like they could do kinda everything. They had the trolls, they were like the really hardcore, like heavy hitters. You had robots. There's robots. Oh, I didn't know that game. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. It's one of the best games that that EA Sports ever. And I wish they would re- like they since the 16-bit era, like the Sega Genesis era, they never remade it. Like they never made like a modern gen like Xbox One like League Football, and it would be the best thing. Oh ever. yeah. 
because one of the things like you had all these trick plays you could could do in that game you could bribe their FRE <laughs> so you would call like false penalties against the other team one of the things you could do one of the teams because they all had their like weird extra audibles one in they had this one team and all they would do when they were on offense if you called this audible their offensive line would split and all the quarterback would do was spike the ball at the defensive line and it would explode and it would kill like six or seven other players <laughs> and all it would say was ball wired for death and the reason why that was important is in the game you could have like substitutions they made up all these fake football players for this game if you didn't have enough people to put in the field the other team would lose because of death like if they didn't have enough players to actually field they just forfeit it was one of the most amazing games ever made like mutant league football and they never remade it they never made a modern gen version of it it's great maybe you should uh, put in a word make there, some there, money there is a if you look it up folks in the then gen gamer world there's actually like a kickstarter to get this game remade like there there are people out there that support it they made a, a, a mutant league hockey like version of it which wasn't as good it was cool and it was like you know they had the fighting in it right right you could kill as many players like there was a lot of death in these games i'm surprised you never played that one you never no i never even heard of that it's like combining a sports game with a killing game more or less i i I can't even describe (laughs) it like it was just mad essentially mutant league football was just madden with death like, that's all it was. It was. The same engine worked exactly like the Madden games worked, except you had this little extra element. You could kill the referee if you wanted to. Nice. It was like one of the things you could do. It was Doom. It was Doom, Jeff. It was a Doom game. Where were you for this game? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, wait, like, you just dropped the ball. I mean, like, you're one of the progenitors of Dro- Doom into the future, but <laughs> you dropped the game on the most Doom game there could I be. Did. Sorry, man. Grief could have been like the soundtrack. That'd be a really slow game. It was a slow game. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoa. Whoa. If if you guys, if anybody out there in the Engine Gamers world is a fan of like Doom Metal, like what is Doom Metal now in the year 2016, you owe this guy a debt of gratitude because him and maybe I Hate God. And what uh, the Melvins, like, Saint Vitus. Saint well, Saint Vitus came. That's like long before any of the other True. stuff. I mean, yeah, everybody owes a debt to Black Sabbath, no matter what. But if if you listen, if you guys listen to Thou, <laughs> in any way, or listen to bands like Go, even Gozu, like in their early incarnations, um, you owe a debt of gratitude to this man that's sitting right to the left of me. Cause he was in grief. Grief made it happen. He's one of the. He's a big part of that history. Want to talk about that for a minute? Uh, Not really. It's <laughs> a very bad climate now. <laughs> yeah, just say what you want to say. You don't have to trash talk anybody. I mean, like, you know, he was also in disrupt. If you guys were into hardcore and, and grindcore. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, disrupt is disrupt is a really long time. Lynn's ago. finest. Lynn's finest. Punk rock is. Put us on the map. Relapse Records. Release <laughs> stuff. Put this crappy city in the map. Eh, it's, a, it's an okay city, I guess. Yeah. I hung out here all the time back in the day, so. Just kind of slummy. <laughs> I just lived in Peabody. I hung out in Lynn. Yeah, you came to Lynn. 
Lived I in came here to get into trouble. I always went back home. Yeah, you always <laughs> escaped it. <laughs> Jeff's the man who set the fires. And then ran. Then ran like a coward. I didn't do it. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah then you move from you have the you have the Sega Genesis that's where you had all your NHL games then you move to what like the Xbox and Xbox yeah a lot that, so I missed a bunch of systems I guess yeah between. well I mean the Xbox and the Playstation 2 was like the contemporary so you missed like the PS1 era right right and like what did you have on Xbox uh a lot of the same stuff played NHL like played NHL, NHL was always like a huge game <laughs> NHL, um, what the hell else do I have? Oh, there was one, um, uh, it was like a World War Two game, like first person shooting game. Oh, the Medal of Honor. Yes, Medal of Honor, I played all of, all the time, I loved that game. My dad got really into that game at one point, Medal of Honor 3 in particular. That's when, like, you could do, like, the first stage was, like, you as the Russians, where, like, somebody had to drop yeah, ammo yeah, so you yeah. could fire, yeah. He was, like, super into it. Yeah, that game was awesome. Like, the whole beginning of it was, like, storming the beaches in Normandy. It was great. It ended so stupid with those freaking stupid robots. They look like those old nutcrackers that, like, my mother had when I was a kid. Do you know what I'm talking about? I never got that far. It was so freaking dumb. I was like, are you kidding me? This is, like, I've just spent, like, all this time, like, you know, like, you know, two months, like, playing this stupid game. And when I got to, you know, you're fighting the Nazis the whole way, chucking grenades and shit. And then, like, at the end, the final thing to beat, it was, like, these, like, stupid, like, nutcracker-looking. I was like, what? <laughs> Never knew the Nazis had robots. It was so stupid. I led the game to a guy I work with, and, like, when he finally got to the end, he's like, what the hell was up with that stupid ending? It's like, I was like, yeah, it looked like those nutcrackers my mother had when I was a kid and I cracked walnuts with. <laughs> I think they didn't, like, they, they didn't know how to end it. I, I, like... Because they're, they're basing it on some somewhat, to an extent, some historical facts. Something. And yeah. then they were like, it well, no we sense. can't just have you storm the bunker and kill Hitler. So so it's like, well, here's some robot nutcrackers. Yeah, exactly. Like, just deal with them. Was, I didn't like the ending, but it was a good game. It was a, it was a good game. I remember my dad being really into it. Um, like, yeah, because it had, like, especially Medal of Honor 3. That was the big one. That was the one with the... That was like when they made that next generation leap. And, uh, yeah, you had the whole scene with the Russians. Yeah. Where you were like, you know, the Russians never had ammo. So, like, you had to carry around ammo until the dude in front of you died. And, and he took ammo. his gun, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was, that was was a good game. And, and they actually, on it, just, just some housekeeping stuff. Just so you guys know, the uh, quest for the PS4 is still ongoing. We're still dropping clues in the midst of all the... Um, all the podcasts for you guys to guess where the PS4 is hidden in VL land. So make sure you make a guess at www.engengamers.com. Are you just going to be nothing but like a centaur knight holding lance? Like, what are you going to be? Nothing. PS4 quest still going on. All right. <laughs> back, to, back to this conversation with Jeff. I can't pry the grief stuff out of you, huh? I mean, what are you looking for? I don't know. Just tell some stories about grief. You don't need to be. You don't need to be, need to be derogatory about what's going. On. I'm talking. I'm talking about history. I'm talking about the, uh, the way it used to be. You guys, any play play any games on tour or against each other? Not really. I'm not looking for trash. If that's what you're thinking. We used to. Uh, 
We had a practice space in Lynn in the old Lynn Item building. This oh, kid man. Mike we knew had a room there and uh he had an old Atari twenty six hundred in there with a whole bunch of games. One night we were hanging out just partying all night and getting drunk and stupid and we started like chucking the cartridges around and we ended up breaking the television. <laughs> he was not happy about that. It was right before we were going to uh, we were supposed to go in and record the first grief record like the next morning. Or, like, which one? Which one's that one? Uh, the Come to Grief album. Come to Grief. It was like a couple days beforehand, so like uh, we broke the TV by throwing Atari cartridges at it, and then uh, he went down the next day, found the TV was busted, and they didn't change the locks in the room. So when we showed up to go to the studio, like you know, it was significant money involved with the recording time. We couldn't get in the room. We're like, what the hell is going on? As we called the kid Mike, it was his room. And he was just like. Who the hell broke my friggin' TV? Smashed all my Atari cartridges. <laughs> like, it was a huge, giant crap show. But, <laughs> Which cartridge actually broke the TV? Oh, I don't remember. We were chucking them all around. It was <laughs> freaking combat. But that's grief and Atari related, so I. <laughs> that's, that's the story you gotta tell. Well, was he in the band? He not at the time, but he was for a very, very short time. Mike, he played one gig with us. He was a dude who stopped by the. Uh, the Way Down Show downtown the other day. Oh, and that Mike guy? Luke, yeah, yeah, Mike Luke Antonio. Yeah. With the suspenders? Yes. So he was really upset over his Atari? He was super pissed. <laughs> that caused a rift between me and him for a long, long time. <laughs> we never <laughs> talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, well, now you all know out there in Dungeon Gamers Land that there was a rift with that dude over a chucked... <laughs> Fucking... Uh, broken Atari. Yeah, but why, why was, like, if he wasn't in the band at the time, like, why was that, was that Atari in your room or was, like, in a common place where you... It could... was in the room. There was the room and then there was, like, a little, like, upstairs balcony. It was kind of, like, the hangout area. Where there was, like, TV, Atari, and... And, uh, yeah, we messed it up pretty good. <laughs> you got trash. We trashed it, basically. Acted like a bunch of dicks. Yeah, you, you sold out. Any good disrupt stories that are like that? Uh, that band had a notorious reputation for being house wreckers. <laughs> Hard to deny it. We were very young at the time, 19, 20, 21, and, uh, I don't know, we'd play shows all over, and, like, people would put us up, and we were <laughs> yeah, in that relationship. very drunk and stupid, started, like, just getting in fights with each other, like, trashing houses inadvertently, like, not really... We weren't bad people, but we did bad things, kind of like. <laughs> we got I'm a bad not a bad man, but I've done some bad things. Uh, to quote those a lot of collateral damage with that band, inadvertent. <laughs> After we toured Europe, the rumor was going around that disrupt ruined touring Europe for American bands because we were the biggest <laughs> a holes that ever came overseas back in 1993. <laughs> and then when I've gone over there with the other bands, you're talking, you know, 18 years later, it would come up. People would be like, oh, you were in Disrupt. Oh, I heard about that back in, you know, I was like, dude, come on. It was like 1993. I was 22 years old. I'm like 42 or whatever now. <laughs> like, yeah. we're stupid kids, you know, like, whatever. Dragon Stoop is no way to go through life. <laughs> Just send that, send that as your message. That's going to be a closing statement. Drunk and stupid's no way to go through life. Animal House, right? Yeah, you know. 
that's 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 Jeff. That's Jeff Haywood's message to all of you out there in the Gen Gamer world. Yeah, Drunken... Do as I say, not as I do. That's yeah, what I yeah. tell my little nieces and nephews. <laughs> <laughs> all they gotta do is Google you, and then, they, then you're gonna find out a lot. You're gonna have a mess, <laughs> mess on your hands. Well, I guess I guess we can we can close with that. Yeah, this has been the Then Gen Gamers podcast. Jeff came out. Thanks for having me. It's been a pretty fun time. My first podcast. First podcast ever. I'm gonna stop one called the Jerk Cast. Take a suck cast. Take a suck cast. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what he should have. So uh, we don't know when you listen to this, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, or you know, the evening. So you take whatever salutation you want with you. This has been the Engine Gamers Podcast. Later. Adios.